Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm very excited to introduce my guest today. Her name is Jenny Toe. And I'm so delighted that she wanted to be on the show. She is a International Coaching Federation Associated Certified Coach, and she also runs her own coaching practice. What I love about Jenny is she's also a qualified lawyer in the UK, Singapore, and Malaysia. She's very passionate about coaching introverted individuals to align their lives with their core values and purpose and helps them to enable this to live fully and joyfully. So I couldn't think of a better fellow coach to have on the show. So Jenny, welcome. Hi, Deb. Thanks for having me. And that's that's a very nice summary of my life. <laughs> Do I still need to be on the show? Absolutely. Lots of great questions. And okay. I, I've done my due diligence and my research, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you. So I'm going to jump into my first leadership question. I'm always intrigued because I'm also on what I like to call part two of my life. So you did your schooling and became a lawyer and you've transitioned to a coach. Share with us a bit of the backstory of what led you to do that. Or are you still actually fulfilling both roles in your in your career right now? Okay, so Deb, how much time do I have? No, just kidding. So um, the the lawyering part, that is the intellectual stimulation. And so I, I would call that's my head telling me what to do. The coaching part is more of a heart-driven uh, passion. And I was first exposed to coaching when I was a manager in an organization in 2015. Um, I liked it, but I thought since I have a full-time job and I've got three kids as well, it's just meant to stay that as a skill, as a hobby, and, and nothing, nothing too serious about it. Uh, Deb, I'm a Christian, so I believe that this is what God has placed in my heart at that time. But, you know, the rational intellectual me said, no, you got to be kidding. So I pushed that away. Only possibly about three years later in 2018, the desire to start my coach training, to train to be a coach and eventually to start my business came up so strong. That every time I told myself, no, I'm not going to do it, I felt this loss, almost a sense of grief. And it didn't make sense because I didn't even do anything yet. So why, why did the feeling of grief or loss come up? So it was, I knew that was something I couldn't push away. So I did the research. I looked for schools here in Singapore where I'm based. Um, somehow the timing or you know the, the arrangement didn't quite work out and I started going um, outside Singapore and looking for schools that provide uh, online coach training. I don't want to uh, take up a coach training program that's just one day and they promise you miracles, I believe, in training. So similarly, because I trained as a lawyer, it was not an easy journey. So likewise, I, I, in my mind, I was thinking, if I want to do this, I want to do this well, I want to do this right. 
So I embarked on a coach training program with an Australian school. Uh, they, they have a global student base. I did it online. This was before COVID. I, I didn't even know what Zoom was, but they introduced me to Zoom before COVID. It was um, an 18-month program. However, I loved it so much, I finished it in a year. I, I remember taking classes while I was taking the train to work. I, I had uh, mentor coaching at night in between dinner and uh, my children's bedtime. It was that kind of passion that fueled me. And um, I started planning upon getting credentialed by ICF that I would launch my business. And I planned to launch it in April 2020, just for the timing of the financial year. Didn't know that what was waiting for us in March 2020 and when the pandemic hit, I asked God, do I go ahead with it? And as I reflected in my journey, I held off for so long. Let's just take this step in faith. So I started my business and this is where I'm at now, Deb. It's such a beautiful story. And just in reading about you and learning about you, you just exude that passion. And I love the way you framed being a lawyer was head filling, but your coaching is your heart filling. And I used to be a disability case manager and that's how I felt. That was, that was feeding the intellectual stimulation I needed. But when I transitioned into coaching 11 years ago, I also felt that wholeness that you have in your heart. So it's really nice to share that space with you. And it's such a beautiful story. Now, my second question has permanent residency, and it's because of the name of the podcast, Imperfect. Share with us what imperfections you feel that Jenny brings to her heart-centered leadership. Wow. I, know, I could play on the word. So you say imperfect, right? So I tell, jokingly tell others, and I think my kids still don't believe me. I'm a recovering perfectionist. They don't believe me because they still feel I'm a perfectionist. And yes, that is something I'm very well aware of. And it came up even more during the, the coach training program. When um, my mentor coach told all of us, you are now all coaches. Can you just say aloud, I'm a coach? I struggled with that because I felt I can't be a coach. I just started training. I'm not good enough. So, you know, there's, there's some similarity tie-ins to imposter syndrome at that time as well. Then he said, you're all coaches now. It's just that he joked because he's quite senior in the coaching industry. He said, I'm a dinosaur. You guys are babies. But in that spectrum of coaching, we're all coaches. So it took me a while to get to grips that, okay, I really have to let go of this perfectionism and see my journey as a growth journey. And then that wasn't easy because it was like I needed to have everything in order. Even when I was launching my business, I grappled, I struggled with, okay, is this good enough to go out? You know, just putting it out there. But I was thinking to myself, if I don't put it out there, who am I not reaching? Who is that one person I'm not helping because I'm so worried about the font size of my website, <laughs> website, uh, you know, lettering and all that. And I went through that. So it made me realize Actually, people just need someone who understands them, who provide that space to be really listened to and to hold their hand as they go through, you know, the challenges in their life. And I can offer that one person at a time. However, if I, I keep thinking about, oh, this needs to be perfect, then, you know, I'm really not giving out the value that I feel that I can help people with. Absolutely. And, and I always talk about perfection as that intangible reality we never get to. We all have the ability to fail forward and keep progressing. And, and that's how we win. That's, that's beautiful. Now, my third question, I have to give you a little bit of stats because I want to talk to you about being introverted 
Okay. We're on season two of the podcast and I've interviewed over 130 leaders. And I must share with you that the heart-centered leaders that I have found around the globe or who have been referred to me, I would say 75% of them that have been on this show are introverted. So my question for you is, how do people that are introverted, how do they show up in this noisy world? Good question. And and, uh, it is true. Um, There's a misconception that introverts are shy and, uh, you know, antisocial and and really bad at building good relationships. The, The truth is that's the opposite. We take pains to build good relationship, whether professionally or or personally. So it's not surprising that your stats. And I believe that a lot of introverts who are at senior uh, leadership positions have learned the art to be extroverted when, or or have extroverted traits when required to really show up and, and tell the mission and the vision of the organization. And how you do that is how they really relate to their passion, to the sense of purpose. So if they believe that their organization, in their organization's mission, nothing will stop them from speaking out about it. That's what I learned as I discovered more about my introversion, that if I'm really passionate about something, that's why I'm connecting with you, Deb, to say you know, my story and to talk and to encourage introverts. It doesn't mean that just because you're not as loud or as assertive and extrovert, you are less valued. It's just, you know, dig deep to what is your passion? What is your purpose? What is that story? And if you believe so strongly in it, nothing will hold you back. So there are times that we put ourselves out. We show extroverted traits. Um, Right after that, you need your time to go back into yourself, uh, to recharge and to get refreshed. So a a tip that I tell some of my clients is that if you really need need to do a big presentation, uh, attend an important meeting with a lot of people, or even go to parties, tell yourself, I can do this for three hours. And after that, I know I can go home. You know, there's nothing wrong. So sometimes they benchmark themselves to their extroverted friends who just want to carry on talking or their extroverted colleagues. It's okay to say, I'm willing to spend time with you up to, you know, X number of hours. After that, you know, I really got to go and it's fine. And I think people nowadays understand more, even extroverts because of the pandemic, they are slowly realizing how good it is to actually have time alone with yourself to reflect. Well, and I just want to add one kind of mood point to that is doing the podcast. People automatically think if you do a podcast that you're an extrovert or you're super outgoing or even gregarious. I'm an introvert. And I I love the way you frame that. I always know and look at the amount of hours that I will need to, to be, whether it's doing a podcast with a client, going to an event. And I am that thinker like you, that thought leader. And we need the time alone to recharge. So it's just interesting how people may see you in, in one light, but they don't really realize that you're an introvert. And there's many of us in the world. So, so, so interesting. Okay, the last leadership question I want to talk to you about is around mental fitness. And I loved the way you shared your heart about having that inner judge and critic and that imposter syndrome showing up. What do you feel is one of the main sabotages that hold people back? 
Yes. So I, I also did a coaching specialization uh, with Dr. Shazad Shamin. Uh, he, he wrote the book Positive Intelligence. So that's when he studied about, you know, how our thoughts actually sabotage or hijack this. All of us have the judge in us and how the judge shows up in us is we judge ourselves. So Jenny, you know, you're not good enough. You know, why are you doing this? And then we judge others. So just say, if I see you, Deb, and okay, you know, I, I quickly make an, a judgment about you. And then the judge of circumstances, you spill coffee just before a big meeting. And if you judge that circumstance as bad, you're not going to do well at the meeting. The idea here is all these thoughts, all these uh, judging thoughts, they do not form who you are. If you take a step back, they are just thoughts. We don't have to give them any more weight than the simple fact that they are thoughts. It's just that in this busy, fast-paced world that we live in, we don't slow down. So automatically, we get hijacked and just we just spiral downwards and we make assumptions about people. So I coach my clients to actually you know, slow down, do the simple things, take deep breaths. You don't have to meditate or do half an hour of yoga. You just slow down. The main thing is to pause. And actually to question yourself, how true is this? So if you spill coffee on your jacket, just as we are going for a meeting, does this mean you've completely forgotten everything that you prepared for the meeting? No. So if you pause and you take a step back, you'll probably be able to realize that, oh, you could actually borrow someone else's jacket or, you know, you'll be able to improvise and still do well in a meeting. However, if you get hijacked by, you know, the, the negative thoughts, that actually jeopardizes your own confidence and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and everything will go bad. So it's just to stop yourself and recognize that the judge is just your thoughts. Absolutely. That's, I couldn't have said it any better and I, I agree with you. Okay, I'm going to switch over to what I call my fab four. And these are just <laughs> okay. four random questions and just let us know what's sitting on the top of your mind. So first question, tell us something that we don't know about you. Okay, I am a sci-fi TV uh, series fan. <laughs> so, and you, but once I say this, you probably know my age as well. So, I, I when I was in university, I followed the X Files, the, the X Files series. I don't know how many people know about that. And uh, a few years ago, for a Mother's Day present, my husband bought bought me the whole box set, and I was over the moon. So, it's not your typical Mother's Day present, but when he bought me the box set of X Files, I was like, okay, this is my gift. Everyone stay away from me. I'm going to watch my ex-spouse shows. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's another thing that us introverts do. We, <laughs> when we find a show, we binge watch it. And, and now you can do it on repeat. And that's a great Mother's Day gift. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Second question. If I could grant you one wish for the world right now, what would it be? <sighs> Okay, I, I don't. I don't want to make this sound so cliche, but I want uh, COVID nineteen to not be with us anymore. I've seen so many families separated just because we cannot uh, visit them, and and likewise, my my parents, my family, they are in a different country right now, and I've not seen them for the past two years. I mean, as a Christian, I believe somehow there is a greater reason behind this, although I don't know what it is. I just wish that that the pandemic would not be with us right now. Yeah. My heart is with you on that comment. I just had a relative get married and I hadn't seen my own brother in two years. And it's very emotional when 
you know, things as they open up, we get to reunite with our loved ones. So I, I hope that you get to reunite with your family soon and, and certainly feel your, feel your heart on that. My third question is share with us a book that you have read that really changed your life. You would think I would say Susan Cain Quiet. That's a great book. <laughs> I, I would recommend people to read Susan Cain Quiet. This is the small little book that I read when I was uh, going to start my business. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It's by the late Susan Jeffers. And it's just a small little book, I think less than 200 pages, but it's amazing. Basically, it would just tell you that she, what she wrote was that your fears are never going to go away. And the, if you keep waiting for your fears to go away, you're never going to do anything. However, if you face your fears, take that one step. You soon realize that there's nothing to be afraid of, at least that old fear. You probably get new fears, but because you've taken that step, you just keep taking that step one day at a time. And that made me think like, okay, I got to face my fear. And, and you know, that small little book really encouraged me when I was starting up my coaching business. Well, those are are two great books. I I share in the love and have read them both. And I just, I think there's so much power in hearing the authenticity and transparency from your heart. Just because we coach doesn't mean that we don't have fears. We just know how to keep going and and we always act on what we're going to do. Why delay? Because tomorrow was never promised. So I love that. I, uh, I'm so delighted that I've met you and I want to keep in touch. I have a heart-centered leadership quality poster that we now have in eight languages. And I know that you are working your way around the globe with your coaching practice. So I'm going to send that to you to, to share in goodwill. And I like to end the show with a sentence that I'd like you to finish, but please know that I'm so grateful that you took the time to share your insights and wisdom and more importantly, your heart with me today. Thank you, Deb. So please finish my last question. Heart-centered leadership is? About being authentic and really appreciating yourself for who you are. Especially women, we tend to be very hard on ourselves and, and women leaders, I think in this day and age, we put up the strong front just take time to appreciate yourself for who you are. And I, I think that is very powerful and you'll come up in, in how you lead others when you are authentic and they see how you value yourself. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time and we'll see you again.